For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think the way he phrases the character is always at arm's length. Even when he's not working, even in the hiatus when he's not working, it's hard not to have some of that in his head. Season 4 of Yellowstone has brought new drama and new characters you can't fully trust yet. But it's also introduced new complexities to some of the characters we met three seasons ago. Rip and Beth are the best examples. Both have shown themselves to be much more sensitive than ever before. But through six episodes, the characters of Casey Dutton and his wife Monica have really started to unfold. Casey, as it turns out, is much more in tune with his feelings than anyone knew. On the other hand, Monica is more of a warrior than we saw. Both seem committed to each other above all else, but will that hold true as season 4 fully reveals itself? I'm Addison Hager, and today we'll get to some of those answers. Sterling Whitaker rejoins the Dutton Rules podcast to talk about his recent interviews with Kelsey Absell and Luke Grimes. As viewers, we love and hate their relationship because it's so up and down, which is to say it's so real. They fight, they make love, they worry about their son and their careers, and they try to set up boundaries between themselves and family. When it comes to Monica and Casey, it's very, very real. I think you'll be surprised by which one of them brings that home after work each day. Before we get to Sterling, Kelsey, and Luke, tap follow on the podcast platform you're listening to and leave a rating or review if possible. You'll find an archive interview with Kelly Riley and deep analysis of each episode of Yellowstone if you scroll through old episodes. There's so much more to come, especially as 1883 begins December 19th. As always, join the conversation with an email at staffattasteofcountry.com. We want to know what you and your friends are worried about or what you think of Monica and Casey. If there's one man who understands them best, it's Sterling, who is joining me from his home near Nashville right now. Hello, Addison. How are you today? I am good. I'm excited to talk about we're doing Luke and Kelsey together. I'm really, really glad that we're kind of doing we're pairing up here because they're very, in my opinion, very, very similar. And I'm excited to kind of ask you um, more about that a little bit later. But I kind of want to kick this off by asking, what did you find out from both Luke and Kelsey? Luke, and for people who don't know, Luke plays Casey, and then Kelsey plays Monica. Um, just in case they didn't know. Right. You know, I, I spoke to Kelsey before the season began, so I went into it without a real clear picture of where the season was heading. I'd, I'd seen a little bit of it, but not very much. And so I was really interested in seeing from her where the character arc was going to go in terms of her and Tate possibly leaving again, because that's always been a source of tension. You know, her not uh-huh. being really an insider in the family not really belonging in the culture of the Dutton family in many, many ways. And so that's something that she opened up about quite a bit. And of course, now that we've seen more episodes, we see what she was talking about. And for Luke? For Luke, I really wanted to see how uh, 
the sort of real visceral violence of his character can impact him as a person. And I found his mm. answers really, really surprising. Uh, he, you know, you'll hear in a few minutes that he gives some really surprising insight into which scenes impact him the most and which ones don't, which I was surprised at. I was surprised that he said the violent scenes fly by because they're so quick, but it's the, it's the quieter, more emotional scenes mm. that actually stick with you. That's really, and I'm excited to talk about that a little bit later on um, once we get to him. But kind of going back to what you had said of you talked to Kelsey six episodes ago. And, you know, some people were pretty critical of Monica as a character after the second and third episodes. Did you find yourself being a bit more patient with her character having talked to her beforehand? I guess so. Uh, I know some fans find her character a little bit. Uh, grinding because they feel like she's not on the family's side or she's not on Casey's side, hmm. that she always winds up on the outs. Um, for me, you know, having spoken to her before some of the season unfolded, she told me that what she's doing this season, she's doing for her son, which is what this character has always done. She wants, hmm. she has wanted all along to protect her son, Tate, from the more the darker side of the Dutton legacy. And as of course, unfortunately, as we see as season four opens, you know, he winds up having to do exactly what she hoped he would never wind up having to do, which is kill right. somebody, you know? So yeah, she's always doing this in the service of her son and, and her little family there. Well, Casey and Monica are very similar on Yellowstone. Are the actors that play them similar? So are Luke and Kelsey similar? Are they different? Kind of like, you know, when we talked about Beth and she's so different from her character. But, uh, I mean, from the actress in real life, are Luke and Kelsey similar? Not really. Um, they're, they're pretty different. She comes across in conversation a lot lighter than her character of Monica. Mm. Monica's almost always got some emotional turmoil going on. You yes. Know, it's part of her storyline. Yes. And she tends to be a more downcast character as a result of that. Whereas Kelsey's just fun to talk to. She's up. Right. She's a spirited person and a surprising amount of humor, even when you're, you know, discussing some pretty difficult topics. So she was, comes across a little bit younger than her character. Mm. And uh, a lot more free-spirited. A lot mm. of people are more free-spirited than Monica, to, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Uh, in terms of Luke, he's he's a little bit more brooding on a personal level as well, just like his character, mm. you know? Um, so he's certainly not as dark a person as, as Casey. I don't think he's out shooting people on a routine basis or right. anything like that. Right. But... But he definitely, uh, there's some overlap about being a little bit more of a brooding person. And he talks in the interview about how difficult it can be to separate from the character for him as an actor, which I found mm -hmm. really, really interesting. Let's get to the interview then. Luke Grimes is coming up in just a few moments. But right now, enjoy Sterling's conversation with Kelsey Absil, Monica from Yellowstone. Um, so what is your favorite one that you've seen as far as the craziest fan theory that you've seen? I don't know. I I, I feel like some, sometimes my mom kind of clues me in where she's <laughs> like, and she has her own fan theories, you know, or she's like, oh, like, I mean, my mom, I think my, my mom's, um, my favorite fan theory of my mother's is that she wants Mick Jagger to be part, Monica's like, 
long lost dad or something. <laughs> so that, I think that's it. I, but I, I think that's, um, that's that one own. seems unlikely, right? Yeah. Yeah. It seems unlikely. I think she just wants to meet Mick Jagger. <laughs> now your character of Monica, especially in the first couple of seasons was kind of the lone beacon of uh, morality in this family in a lot of ways, kind of the shining guiding light of the family. Season three brought a little more of a dark edge to the character and some of the events that unfold in the very first part of season four are bound to take a darker turn as well. Do you think that Monica can find her way back after all of the things that she's been through? Oh, I think that's, that's a really nice way of, yeah. You know, she is kind of like the moral compass. Mm -hmm. Um. And, uh, and, you know, beware of the company you keep, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Duns are starting to rub off on her. But I think <laughs> in some ways, I think it's good. You know, I think that she's, um, you know, she's always kind of felt like an outsider and, and been very weary of this, of, of the family. And, um, and I think especially when she sees how it takes hold of her son and the mm-hmm. effects and consequences it has on her son. Oh, she's, she is like, she's willing to fight, you know, and she's, and she wants to get him out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you foresee a time when she'll leave yet again? Cause she has left before and been sucked back in. <laughs> I know that that place has a way of doing that. <laughs> you know, I think she, she, she's definitely going to look to her community and her home and her culture as a way of healing for her family. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that, I think the stars are crossed or she's, she's tied to the Duttons, whether she likes it or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. What kind of a relationship do you have with the actor who plays your son on the show? Because there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, activity coming his way that's gonna have to it requires a special deal on your part and his I would think oh yeah no I I know I'm I'm really excited for Brecken because um yeah he's he's getting these um you know they're, I mean I, they're really intense storylines but they also really get to shine a light on him and 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 show you how good of an actor he is you know um I mean he's playing ball with Kevin and you know some uh, some really uh, serious players and um, and he's really up to the challenge and I, I I'm I'm really proud of him as his TV mom um, <laughs> and it's been nice to see him like literally grow up he is a grown man right now <laughs> that's crazy isn't it I mean yeah, over the course crazy. of just a few years yeah that is great. So what what kind of surprising things do the cast of Yellowstone do when the cameras aren't rolling to pass the time? Or, or do you have like big sack races or what, what goes on when we don't see it? <laughs> Let's start that rumor. We have big sack races. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, like it's a really fun group, you know, and we really just like spending time with each other. Um, especially, especially this past season, because, you know, we were kind of in a bubble. We were one of the first shows to start production during the pandemic. And um, so really all we could see was each other. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was lovely, man. We have, we, we, we have a great time. I mean, I I don't know, nothing too exciting. We just like hanging out. (laughs) 
such a truly dramatic show. Are there outtakes that have a lot of humor in them? Because I try to picture what a what a Yellowstone outtake would look like. You know, <laughs> they should do they should do a reel. Honestly, yeah. uh, yes, there is a lot of laughter you, that you would not expect, um, especially <laughs> with Luke. Luke can. Luke can get the whole crew laughing um, very easily. So, yeah, I would say a lot of our outtakes are, um, yeah, we have fun. We have fun. <laughs> Despite <laughs> <Very> the service. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That's Kelsey Absil with Sterling Whitaker on Dutton Rules. Let us know what you think of the points she makes about being tied to the Duttons and what the future holds for Tate by leaving a comment or emailing staff at tasteofcountry.com. As we rejoin Sterling now to discuss Luke Grimes, I'd first like to know if you were surprised by her warm personality. I was a little bit, and we got off to a really interesting start. Sometimes the most random things can impact the way an interview unfolds, you Mm. know? Yeah. She and I got off to a really odd start because they brought her up on the screen in the Zoom interview, and then we had some malfunction, and the screen just went away. And I thought that I wasn't being heard, and I was just—I was talking <laughs> to myself, and I said, That's "What?" Yeah. I said, "What the f is going on here?" But I didn't say f. <laughs> and then when they brought the screen back up, she was laughing, so I know that she must have heard that, and so uh, that kind of got us off on a funny foot, anyway. And then, uh, actually, if her—if you get to see the whole video of the thing, when her face comes back up, she's kind of smiling, and I say, "Hey, good to see you again," because I just seen her a second before. So, so we got off on kind of a lighthearted foot and it kind of dictated the way the interview went in some ways. One thing that really stands out in the interview is how comfortable Kelsey is speaking to the indigenous culture, even though she herself is not Native American. That's a heavy responsibility. You know, this is not necessarily a question, but, you know, what are kind of what are your thoughts or, you know, do you have any commentary to that? Um, You know, if you Google Kelsey, you'll find that there's a little bit of back and forth as to whether she does or does not have Native American roots. Mm. Um, she used to perform under a different name when she did some stuff when she was younger. And I believe that her first credit as Kelsey Asbill was a film called Wind River in 2017. Okay. Which is a precursor to Yellowstone. It's a Taylor yeah. Sheridan film. And she... In that film, she's one of the central characters. She plays an indigenous girl who goes missing from a reservation and turns up dead, and, and she's been assaulted, and all of the. It's mm. a very, very. It's a film that speaks to some of the same themes that Yellowstone has spoken to. And mm-hmm. I would have to imagine that for her to carry a film like that in that character, she must have done a lot of back reading about yeah. indigenous culture. So yeah. that plays right into her being able to speak to that from a place of mm. knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. And mm. if you could go back now and talk to Kelsey, is what's one follow-up that you'd have? A follow-up that I would have, of course, we're seeing, I asked her, you know, if she could foresee a time when they would, 
when she would leave again. And they have left, mm-hmm. but this time, mm-hmm. you know, the entire family has left and they're mm-hmm. living elsewhere independently, you know. Uh, and that's a thing that I don't think we saw coming. I guess I would ask her as a follow-up, will we see them at some point get sucked back into the ranch? Because we've seen mm-hmm. that as well before. Absolutely. And that's kind of a theory and thought I have, you know, going forward of kind of when Beth and John were talking, they're talking about how, you know, Casey and John aren't peaceful people. And neither is, you know, Beth realizing she's not either. And, you know, when you take take Casey out at some point, is he going to want kind of what he's always known? So that's always been, you know, I mean, we we don't know at this current moment. But yeah, a question that I even have of at some point, will they get sucked back in? Casey, Monica, and Tate. Um, moving on to Luke Grimes. I feel like his character, Casey, really, really has grown during this season so far. There's so much more depth. Do you think that's just a matter of being more comfortable or better writing? There's a lot of great writing for his character arc this season, for sure. Mm-hmm. He's... Uh, He's trying to play multiple things on multiple fronts because they've ratcheted up the violent side of the character. And there's definitely a side of this character who's almost teetering on the brink. You know, we've seen him handle some things that he could have handled easily that instead he handles in a really confrontational manner. You know, the Mm -hmm. the guy he locked in the cattle thing. (laughs) Zero to a (laughs) hundred. Yeah. He comes into what is a peaceful protest, guns drawn. (laughs) So. At, at work, he's really, really teetering on the brink of just yeah. snapping. At home, yeah. he's discovering a gentler side. I, he has to. I mean, he's, he's mm-hmm. got to try to put his family back together after a, a terrible, terrible upheaval. Coming up, I'd like to hear your take on the just-released trailer of 1883, which looks intense. But, Sterling, let's get to your interview with Luke Grimes, who plays Casey on Yellowstone. A quick reminder that you're listening to Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone in 1883 podcast. Tap follow wherever you found us and leave a review or comment if possible. So your character of Casey on Yellowstone is kind of the one area, the one point of overlap between some of the family relationships that don't necessarily have great relationships with themselves, with each other, that is. Which one of those relationships do you see as the most important one for him? The one with his father, the one with his sister, the brother, or Monica? Uh, I'd say Monica is obviously, you know, being his wife is, is the most important, um, just as far, you know, they're, I feel like they're kind of twin souls, you know, they're, they're soulmates. They belong together, even though the world sometimes doesn't see it that way. Um, they certainly do. Uh, and then outside of that, I'd say, you know, uh, John, his relationship with his, with his father and sort of, we've seen them mend that relationship to a degree come to some sort of understanding where they can you know sort of talk like men now and and uh they may not always agree or see eye to eye but they they understand each other and uh and are starting to work together more um and i'm interested to see how that sort of um unfolds over the next you know a couple seasons Season four opens with a lot of just epic violence and action and and then there's a, a you know quite a bit of revenge taking your character is really central to all of that. How do you prep for that kind of, that kind of ongoing violence of that character? Does that take anything emotional out of you as an actor? Uh, the really emotional stuff, I think mostly is the, 
you know, kind of dealing with the PTSD, having been at war and, uh, and the family drama at home, uh, playing the violence in the moment is kind of, it's a bit of a blackout, to be honest, when there's explosions happening and guns going off. And, you know, when you're in that moment in, in that character, you're kind of, it's hard to remember what happens. It's, I, I always like to go back and watch those scenes to kind of, you know, kind of see how they turned out. Um, but yeah, it's more about playing the after the violence and the kind of dealing with how, how that might feel every time it happens. Right. When you do view those scenes back, do you think, well, that looks very different than what I thought it did in the moment that I did it? Yeah, it always does. You yeah. know, it's, um, yeah, anytime I see myself on screen doing anything, it, it feels like that. It's almost like when you hear your own voice in a recording, you're like, that's what I sound like. You know, <laughs> it's like that times 10, I guess. But uh, especially with the with the more actiony stuff, it's just so fast. It happens so fast. It's loud. It's confusing. You know, you're trying to get this rehearsed thing right, but it's it's just sort of chaotic. Um, but, you know, the way that, that uh, Taylor sort of writes and creates those scenes are always pretty fun to watch. Um, we, we spoke with Kelsey before the uh, season began, and she um, I asked her uh, what kind of funny things happen off camera, you know, what kind of levity happens between all these serious things. And she said, you're the most entertaining cast member as far as entertaining the crew and that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and your, your character is not exactly more fun than a barrel of monkeys. You know? <laughs> no, yeah. What kind of stuff goes on? What's some of your favorite things that uh, that happen that are funny? You know, I think for, for there's a lot of sit around and wait that, that goes on on a set. And, yeah. uh, you know, I get pretty, I tend to get kind of, have a lot of nerves going on when I do what I do because just because I care and I want it to be good. And, and I think to combat that sometimes in those, in those waiting periods, I, I like to, you know, have a good time kind of get my mind off of it until I need to put it back in there, you know, otherwise I'd sit around all day and just kind of stew in it. And that would be no fun for nobody. So. <laughs> Is it hard for you to get out of the character? Do you take any par part of that home with you when you're done? Yeah. You know, and not on purpose. I wish I could just kind of have the, the concentration that I felt like I needed to, to do justice to this part and then be able to kind of flip a switch and go home and, and, kind of just go straight into my, you know, my regular life. But um, it's a hard transition. I get better at it as I get older. I used to be really terrible at it and, um, and tried a bunch of things that didn't work. And, you know, now it's just more about kind of, you know, I just know when we're shooting, that's just going to be in the back of my mind at all times. If it's not in the front of my mind, it's, it's there. You know, I, uh, he's kind of at an arm's reach at any moment in the, in the months that we're shooting. And then even when I'm off now, I mean, the, in the hiatus, it's, you know, it's hard not to get obsessed with this story to begin with. And especially when you're having to play a Dutton. Right. Right. Well, very good. Well, thanks for speaking with me today. I really, really appreciate it. Of course, man. Have a good day. That's Luke Grimes and Sterling Whitaker. Okay. I love how he closed with have a good day because it's very similar to how Casey says it to John during a few episodes. Yeah, it was really, really interesting for it to end on that. Of course, it's not an unusual thing to say to somebody at the end of an interview. <laughs> right. But, you know, in my case, uh, I'm actually going to have a good day, <laughs> which is very different from what John Dutton did. I didn't say, I won't. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, your good day looks a little bit different than John's yeah. out on the ranch, and yeah, yeah we're the have a good day. I feel confident I won't have anybody <laughs> attempt to blow me up today, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> we can rest assured with that. Yeah. At, at the start, you asked him which of his interpersonal relationships he considers to be the most important, and he said his marriage, and mm-hmm. then his relationship with John Dutton, his father. Kind of what we talked about a little bit earlier Do you think that's foreshadowing? Well, he he did say a really interesting thing that, and I didn't pick up on it in that moment, but when you say the word foreshadowing, he did say something along the lines of he'll be interested to see how that plays out over several Mm. more seasons. So I do wonder, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wink, wink. (laughs) For those listening, I I did a big wink to Sterling. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure if your eye was just twitching or something. But, uh, no, uh, it makes you wonder, I don't know how far they've gotten into filming subsequent seasons mm-hmm. or how many scripts he might have seen, but he, he very well might be foreshadowing. You know, one of one of Beth's fears has always been that he'll turn into his father. Yeah. Uh, and so I do wonder what's coming. Will they be more on a commonality of mindset? And is that a good or a bad thing? Mm-hmm. And kind of going off of talking more about Beth, Unlike Kelly Riley, who plays Beth, it's striking how much Casey and Luke are alike, you know, introverted. I'd love to hear even more what we were talking about earlier of um, him, you know, the acting kind of does take a toll on him and the different sides of um, where he finds emotional. And yeah, I would I would just love to hear more more on that. Well, you, I, I asked him about, you know, this is some of the most epic violence I think we've seen in an extended arc on TV in the opening mm-hmm. 10 or 13 minutes of this season. You see Casey completely lose it as his, you know, as he should. His family's come under attack on multiple right. fronts. He takes the law into his own hands. He, he winds up confronting people at an intersection and just chewing them to pieces, basically, you know. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, uh, then, you know, in subsequent episodes, we see them uh, deliver some pretty frontier-style justice, even though he technically wears a badge. The stuff he's doing is not necessarily within the bounds of the law. You know? No, I've questioned that a few times, yes. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I definitely wanted to ask him, you know, what kind of emotional toll that takes. And I thought that he would, I suspected that he would say that it does. But what he really ended up saying is that, those kinds of scenes fly by so quickly that they don't leave that much an impression on him as mm-hmm. an actor. It's more just getting the physical work done of, of shooting the scene. And, right. you know, the gun's going off and the, you know, it's fake explosions and that kind of stuff. And that would tend to be distracting. You'd be flying all around, you know. You're not really in the moment when you're in it. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting that he said it's actually the aftermath of that the scenes where he's playing, you know, what you see is the emotional toll from that are the ones yeah. that really stick with him. Yeah. And does he have a harder time leaving that on the set? He he says that he does, you know, and that was really fascinating to me. I was just fishing with that question. That was just yeah. purely fishing. I had no idea. <laughs> he could have just said, nah, I shake this off and go to McDonald's, you know. Right, right, but yeah. What he did say is that he, he finds it difficult and that he's doing better at it now, but he used to have he used to struggle with it even more when he was hmm. younger. To just, he I think the way he phrases the character is always at arm's length. You know, hmm. even when he's not working, even in the hiatus when he's not working, 
it's hard not to have some of that in his head. And that's, you know, that's a different kind of actor. We've seen that sort of thing where some actors disassociate from their characters and others just sort of start to inhabit the character, you know? Yeah. Okay, we are also barreling in on the premiere of 1883, where we will be seeing Tim McGraw and Faith Hill put on their actors' hats. And yeah, what what were your thoughts after seeing, now that the official trailer is out, what were your thoughts? Well, (laughs) uh, (laughs) it's not light comedy, is what I can say about 1883. No. It looks like it's a even more epically violent than Yellowstone, probably. It makes Yellowstone look like a warm-up to, uh, I mean, you know, some of the scenes that we have seen is just, they're stacking up bodies like cordwood, basically. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're definitely seeing Tim McGraw so far in in what little we have seen. We're seeing him carry this thing, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, he's got a lot more extensive acting resume of legitimate films than Faith does. I think she just has two prior films, and one of those is not good. Um, yeah. Stepford Wives, which I'm not trying to be hard on anybody, but everybody involved with that film has said that they know it turned out poorly. So, yeah. Um, so I, I think it's going to be interesting if uh, if we see if she steps up in as a true co lead, or mm-hmm. if this is Tim's show that she's a secondary character on. Hmm. Well, and I think what I'm looking forward to is, you know, the scenes that they have, because they really have showed, obviously, more of Tim than Faith Mm -hmm. in the trailer. Um, I am interested, though, to see, because the clips that they do show of Faith, you know, one where she's on the ground, you know, wailing almost, and I mean, that might not, I, you know, an extreme of that. I think it's going to be interesting because, you know, sometimes I see, you know, Faith is this happy, you know, almost, you know, fairy tale princess, like, you know, type of personality dainty and to see her play a role that's <laughs> stripped of all of that right, uh, right. i i think for me personally i'm interested to see but it will be kind of to what you said of you know i'm i'm looking forward to seeing if she gets as much screen time as tim or is tim kind of going to be the leader of um or carrying the weight of that yeah definitely and of course they're in there with some heavy hitters as actors as well mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Sam Elliott, Billy Bob Thornton. So this is a, a really, really good cast, and it's it's yeah. a very cinematic-looking show, which I know they've said it's supposed to be television on a film scale. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, stacked crew for sure. And the other question is, do they burst into song at some point? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't hire these two superstars and have them not sing, right? Oh. No, you have no, especially if they're married. Right. They just like that chemistry alone. Oh, no, they're going to be singing. Yeah. I said that very confidently. I, people listening, I have no clue, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I would like to say you don't put two vocal powerhouses on a show and not have them at least, you know, sing a lullaby or something. Right. As their, as their wagon train pulls west, <laughs> I've been working all the road. I'm going to sing something. I don't know what it is. And if not, they'll list you, Sterling. That was really great. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sterling Whitaker, who's been our go-to for all deep Yellowstone cast analysis and interviews, and will continue to lead as Yellowstone in 1883 continues on Paramount Network and Paramount+. Plus. 
I'm Addison Hager, and Billy Dukes and I will be back soon to break down episodes 6 and 7 of Yellowstone and preview 1883 later this month. Thanks to the thousands who've listened and all five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, it truly means the world to us. Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone in 1883 podcast, is written by myself and Billy Dukes and produced by Billy Dukes. If you've not yet tapped follow, please do it now on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening. Dutton Rules is another great Townsquare Media podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.